Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of Keem Drops the Ball, Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> the zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> They'd get his... <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave! All right, welcome to the Chronic Podcast. As always, we are brought to you by the Pelican House in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 2572 City Place Court. They have 136 draft beers. They have a 50-foot television. You can watch LSU, Alabama. It is hate Nick Saban week. Then you can watch the Saints on Sunday, Andrew. You can get duck braised nachos. You can get a fabulous burger. You can get uh, potato skins. They have it all. The Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They support us, so you should support them. All right. Miraculously, Dave, the Saints are 4-4 four and four, uh, after kicking Carolina in the nuts. And your boyfriend, Mark Ingram, had 30 carries. Yeah, even I'm surprised by that. Uh, I mean, you know. Did you, I, I did you guys see how pissed he was when Edwin Baker stole a carry from him at the end of the game? Yeah, I mean, I, I get it, but I mean – Dude, the dude had 54 carries in four days. I mean, come on. Yeah, like, no, I, I, I was, I was surprised actually to see him still getting carries uh, in the fourth quarter when, when the game was uh, pretty much well in hand for the Saints. I, you know, I, I thought maybe they should have gone to Edwin Bacon, Baker a little bit earlier than, than they did, to be honest with you. Um, so, I mean, some of those 30 carries were, or a few of those were a little garbage time, but. I mean, I, I really cannot believe that uh, that they gave him 30 carries. I mean, that's just that's unheard of. I, I would have thought at the most uh, under Sean Payton, he, he would get 25. And I thought that would have been great. But uh, 30 is awesome. I mean, you know, I've been saying this for two years now that that's that's what he needs. He, you know, he, he needs he needs to get in a rhythm. He needs a lot of time. You know, he, he needs to to overcome some, you know, issues if he if he hits a wall of of. of blockers on on one run mm-hmm. he he needs to get the ball again so he he can keep his momentum and he can keep his uh well here's the here's the thing that i found interesting uh andrew i mean i well i just want to say he's a different player you know i think when you know, we talk about how he needed more touches to really get going well i think in limited touches this year he's also done really well 
You know, it's not just like, and you know, when he's gotten the ten touches, he's, he's only rushing for fifteen yards. Yeah, he, he's lost some weight. He's faster. He's quicker. He's more decisive hitting his holes. I mean, I, I just think, I mean, yeah, he's he- he's healthier. I mean, that definitely helps too. But I just think in general, um, and you know, part of it's probably him being focused coming into a contract year. He knows this is it. Uh, probably his last chance to impress before getting an opportunity at a contract. But to me, it's just it's a completely different player than what we've seen. Maybe besides times uh, last year, late well, in the I- season. And I, and I mean, and, and the Saints just, I mean, they just, they need to continue to stick with this offensive game plan. And it doesn't have to be Ingram. If Kyrie Robinson comes back and he's healthy uh, and they, and they want to make him the main guy for one game, you know, that's fine, but they need to do that. They need to just well, keep here, pa- pounding. They just need yeah. to keep going with it. Here's my question, Andrew, is that the worst two run defenses by yards per carry are Green Bay and Carolina. Mm-hmm. So, and Carolina the, actually did a pretty good job. I thought. Well, well the I'll get to that in a second. But is this a trend for the rest of the year? You think with the Saints? Because Carolina, as you said, they geared up to stop the Saints because Carolina fans on Twitter were like, "Ha ha, you, you you're celebrating only getting 100 yards and 30 carries. We're the worst run defense in the NFL. That's not really an accomplishment." They put eight in the box, and Sean Payton was. St- Still just grinding it at him in the fourth quarter, which is really rare for the Saints. So I guess my question yeah. is, is this trend of the Saints really leaning on that power run game, is it going to stay against the number one run defense in the NFL, San Francisco, Sunday? Uh, no, and, I don't think yeah. so. I mean, I, I, I definitely think that the game plan depends on the matchups. I mean, I still think, I mean, I, I definitely think in general, there's more of a commitment on Sean Payton's part um, to running the football. And I think no matter who they play, they always want to have that balance. You know, they won't, they don't want to show their hand and be so predictable that the defense knows what's coming every play. Um, but at the same time, I think you look at on paper, the, your strengths, their strengths, and, and both teams' weaknesses, and you try to exploit them. And against San Francisco, for example, I mean, I think you look at them, it's going to be tough sledding. It's going to be hard to get uh, yardage on the ground. And if you look at when the Saints played them last year, um, I think it was 43 passes, 23 rushes. Um, the Saints really try to get a lot of the short yardage early, in early downs uh, with efficiency passing, passing short passes, mm-hmm. swing passes to the backs, that sort of thing. So I think you'll see less of just the the constant pounding with Ingram in this game and more of the uh, short passing game. Now, they don't have Sproles, and they had Sproles last year, who's a big part of that, obviously. Um, But we'll have to see. I mean, obviously, another big question is, does Pierre Thomas play? Because he's such a big part of the passing game, too. Well, well, Dave, one last thing on Ingram is, you know, people on Twitter are like, oh, the Saints, they they need to lock him up to a contract. He's going to make big money. My argument was running backs don't get big money anymore. But if Ingram gets 850 to 1,000 yards, which he might, do the Saints make a really strong effort to keep him? I don't know if they do. You know, I mean, my thing is I I don't think Mark Ingram is is some amazingly talented running back. I mean, I, I think that the Saints have done well running the ball these last two games because they've dedicated to it and because their offensive line, I think they're finally starting to gel with this whole zone blocking scheme and that kind of thing. I, I mean, I, I think what I'm trying to say is that I think you could 
you could have easily, if Kyrie Robinson was healthy, you could have easily plugged Kyrie Robinson in and given him 30 carries. And he would have, personally, I think that he would have just as easily gotten 100 yards against Carolina and gotten 100 and something yards against Green Bay. I don't think it's necessarily the running back himself in, in, in this situation. Yeah. I, I think it's the system and I think it's the dedication and the commitment to running the ball. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I, so, and, and we know Mickey Loomis and we know the saints and the way they, the, the way they handle things. They just, they don't overpay. I well, mean, they, Andrew, they what's wouldn't the, even pay Jimmy Graham. I mean, what's you know, the so. market for a run? What, I mean, I, I think Ingram could stay, but he's not getting more than 2 million a year for like, he'll get like three years, well, six million. I mean, it's hard to say because you look at, uh, I mean, Darren McFadden, the Raiders overpaid to keep him. He got one year, five million. Uh, that's you look the, at that's the Raiders. That's the please stay, don't leave. Right, Over. right. That that's the we have to pay extra because we're the Raiders. Um, <laughs> there, uh, I mean, you look at Noshawn Moreno. He's a back that was on a very successful team, ran for over a thousand yards, and he got what two years, five million. Uh, yeah, from the Dolphins. So. You know, I mean, I, there. If you be, if you look at it based on that, I mean, I don't see Ingram really getting more than three years, nine million. I mean, that, I, that's one, that, that's the extension I think that Philly gave Sproles was three years, nine million. Yeah, I don't um, even think Sproles so. got that. I don't even think Sproles got that. I think I think it was like, I think it was like two years, like eight seven million. or eight. But like the next, yeah. like next year's not even like, like. Uh, the one, the second year isn't even guaranteed. But, but the only way I could see Ingram getting more than two, two and a half million, is if like the Saints go to the Super Bowl and Ingram drops like 150 yards in the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl, and then some team, some lunatic team is like, we're getting Mark Ingram. He's a Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Well, there, there's no question that success late in the season in big games that everyone's watching. I mean, we saw what that did for. Fujita, we saw what it did for Goodwin, we saw what it did for Tracy Porter. Um, you know, there's no doubt that when you make those those plays in the big on the big stage, sometimes teams will reach for you in free agency. So, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But I, like Dave, I'm kind of pessimistic about Mark Ingram coming back. I mean, I fully expect that this is going to be his last year with the Saints. I've had a lot of people ask me about that. I think it's twofold. I think, number one, you look at the Saints cap situation. There's just not a lot of money to go around. Um, number two, I think you look at the back situation with the Saints, and they've still got in Kyrie and Pierre Thomas cheap guys that are performing well. So uh, losing Mark Ingram wouldn't be a death blow to the roster's talent. And they could just draft um, one. They could just draft one. And then lastly, I mean, if I'm Mark Ingram – I, I mean, I could be wrong. This is purely speculation and just my gut here. But I think Mark Ingram on the whole, if you look at his how he feels about his career with the Saints, I think he's he, he would say it's been frustrating, that he hasn't yeah. gotten enough touches, that he doesn't want to be in this platoon system offense. He wants to be in an offense that's going to rely on him and give him the ball a lot. And so I think an offense like the Steelers or the Raider, Ravens or a team like that, um, is a better fit for him. I, I think he'll seek out an offense that will give him more opportunities, kind of like Reggie Bush did. Yeah. Dave, um, mm-hmm. Keenan Lewis was awesome versus yes. Calvin Benjamin. Yes, so was. my question to you is, is he playing better, you think, in 2014 than he was in 2013? Um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, 
he, he's certainly the Saints' best cornerback both years, 2013-2014. Um, you know, and he's not – it's not like he doesn't make mistakes. He, he looked real silly on that first touchdown against Green Bay last week. Yeah. Um, but uh, he did. He did a great job against Benjamin. And uh, so far, he's – I guess I would say, yeah, this year maybe he is playing a little bit better than, he's, than he was last year. Uh, Andrew? Um, I think, no, I, well, I think he started this year uh, a little shaky. Um, I think he, he, he started, um, and I, I would say that in the last few weeks, really since the bye, um, he, he started to play at, at the level mm-hmm. that we remember him from last year. And really, I mean, Kelvin Benjamin, I think if we're going recency, recency bias, I think, I mean, that, that is arguably the best game he's played in the Saints uniform. He was incredible. Mm-hmm. He was a I mean, ball. if he, he if, if he, he was a lot, he, he was the definition of a shutdown corner in that game. If he had more interceptions, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be on the Saints because he wouldn't have been in their price range. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, he's a really, he's a really good corner. He just I, you know, you can argue that interceptions are opportunities and a little bit of luck or whatever. But, I mean, let's be real. He had, I think, like two career interceptions. And the Saints are like, he can be awesome anyway. We don't care about interceptions. But if he had had five, six, seven interceptions with the Steelers his free agency year, he'd have got, instead of getting five, six million from the Saints, he'd have got 11 from something. Yeah, and I mean, he got four last year. You know, that's yeah. not, that's nothing to, you know, bite your thumb at or whatever. I mean, that, that, that's a pretty solid, solid number. So, yeah. Um, no, I, I definitely look at, I mean, we're splitting hairs here. I think most recently in these last couple of games, I think he, he's peaking, you know, he, mm-hmm. he's reached a level now where early in the season, maybe he started a little slow, but, um, he's back to that level that we expect from him. And if anything, he's maybe playing a little bit better. So we'll see how the rest of the year plays out. But I think if he keeps playing at this level by the end of the year, I'm definitely comfortable saying he played better than he did in 2013. Dave, the pass rush for the Saints the last two weeks has been awesome. Junior Gallette is back on pace to get his hefty bonus that he mm-hmm. had built into his contract. But Carolina's offense, offensive line is terrible. Yeah. Um, but so is San Francisco's because they gave up eight sacks. And apparently Andrew told me before the podcast that they're going to likely be playing a backup center. So how much of this Saints pass rush is – the Saints playing better, and how much of it is they're playing crappy offensive lines? Uh, unfortunately, I feel like it may be a little bit more of the latter and not enough of the former. You know, it's a little bit of both, but, um, yeah, Carolina's terrible, and, you know. Well, Carolina was starting three three backups. Yeah. Including uh, a brand-new left tackle. I felt right. like Junior Galette. A Canadian if, left tackle. If, if it wasn't Cam Newton and if it had just been like a – non-mobile like if it had been Mike Glennon back there like Junior Gallette would have killed him <laughs> yeah so and I mean I don't you know I don't know I, I, you know against San Francisco like you said their their offensive line isn't that great too so so the game this Sunday against the Niners that's not really going to be a good barometer to, to 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 let us know whether whether the Saints pass rush is finally uh back to 2013 form but um, but it's definitely nice uh, to see them get into the quarterback and, and causing disrupt, disruption and all that. But, you know, to answer your original question, I'm a little worried that it's more just about the low level of competition that they've been facing. Andrew? Yeah, I agree with Dave. I, I think, um, 
in large part, it's just uh, a weaker competition. But the deeper you get into the year, you're going to start seeing that. I mean, that's just the reality of as you get deeper in your season, there's more injuries. Um, you know, there's and, and we talked about this. You asked me, when is when are these guys going to play better? When are they going to get more sacks? And I said, well, they've been playing some pretty good offensive lines, some really strong yeah. players. And, um, you know, over the course of the season, they're going to play guys that are weaker. Injuries are going to happen. And all of a sudden you're going to start to see these sacks come. And sure enough, that's what happened. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think as you get deeper into the season, you know, they'll probably play some offensive lines that are strong again. But um, I think that's how you get confidence. You know, I think you start with weaker competition. You kind of eat them up and then uh, you start to get a little confidence, a little swagger and that's what they were missing earlier in the year, you know, and I think um, um, hopefully they're hungrier, they're working hard. And, um, you know, sometimes you just need to have a little success to get you going um, and get you ready against some kind of tougher competition. Dave, it gives me a little comfort with the Saints offense that it's the same as it always was where Brandon Cooks has a monster game and then he disappears. You know, um, you know, he's he, is the Saints offense – is it any different than it's always been as far as the peak of it, where it's Jimmy Graham's going to get his numbers if he's healthy, but the wide receivers, they're just going to come and go. And you ne- and Brandon Cooks is not going to be a number one guy, an elite guy where you can you can expect him to be have big games every week. He's going to be just like every other Saints receiver, where he's going to be up and he's going to be down, and that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can ever expect any Saints receiver, you know, other than Colston. Colston, even Colston has sort of been a victim of that. But for the most part, over time, Colston has remained steady and consistent and and one of Drew's favorite targets. But, yeah, I mean, for the most part, they're just going to be an offense that spreads the ball around. And, um, you know, they're just they just kind of go with the hot hand and. And, and who's feeling it in, in any particular game. Um, you know, Brandon Cooks may get a little bit more than the normal just because he's he's a little more versatile than a lot of the other guys. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just I, – I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't start any, any Saints wide receivers on my fantasy team. <laughs> no. Um... I'm sure you do. Because you're terrible at fantasy. No, I, I got rid of all the Saints players because I put the stink on them, Dave. I traded <laughs> Drew Brees for pennies on the dollar just to get it get, – because I'm fantasy Ebola. Um, right. Although I did have to start Mark Ingram this week because I had running back issues. Um, I like to keep Saints players nice and comfy on my bench so they can just erupt during the actual games. And I feel like that's my public <laughs> service. Um uh, Andrew, the NFC South is still a trash bin dumpster fire. It's, it's beautiful. Um, Tampa and Atlanta <laughs> play this week, but but you know Dave had been vociferously arguing that somebody is going to win ten games in the NFC South, <laughs> and if it's not the Saints, it ain't happening. My question to you is, and Dave, you can answer this too. What is the magic number? to win the NFC South as we sit here on November 3rd? Eight. <laughs> no way. You, you uh, think, so if you're disagreeing with that, I mean, just so we're clear about what you're saying, 
you're saying that you think Carolina, Atlanta, or Tampa, one of those three teams will win eight games? No, what I'm saying is, is, is Ralph wants to know what the magic number is to win the NFC South. The magic number is right. 10. If a team gets the 10 wins, they're automatically going to win the NFC No, no, South. but 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 I don't think – so So you're, say, you're saying the Saints are going to get to 10, Dave? Oh, I think they could easily get to 10 wins. I, I think, you know, they've got three home games upcoming. And and I would say maybe this the uh, the Ravens game might be the hardest of those three. But Dave, um, Dave, just because you think the Saints are could possibly go six and ten, that doesn't mean they need to go. They ten. yeah ten. I'm sorry, ten and six. That doesn't mean they need to win ten games to win the division. So Ralph's question is how many how many games do they need to get to in order to win? And my my point is. I don't think they would need to win more than eight because everyone else in the division is going to win seven. No, nah, you're going to need now. Nah, you're going to you're going to need to win nine and ten would lock it so up. So Carol, so Dave, Carolina's three, five and one. Mm-hmm. So you're saying Carolina and they have gonna, an easy schedule coming up. You're saying they're going five and two. The, you're saying they're going five and two the rest of the way and getting to eight, seven and one. Who are they playing? They play Philly. Loss. Where? At Philly. Okay. Loss. They play, let's see, they play, let me let me pull up the, the Carolina schedule. Uh, right. Don't let me down, Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Philadelphia, people think that Chip Kelly, he wants to throw the ball, but really his offense is just running the ball and not huddling. Like, that's the whole point of his offense. He's going to run Carolina into the dirt. Uh, they close at Philly. Then they play. Then they host Atlanta. Win. They then they're on a bye. Loss. <laughs> then they go to Minnesota. Minnesota's five and four. Mm, they could beat Minnesota. Okay, so that gets them to five wins. They go to New Orleans. Loss. Yeah. They they host Tampa. Win. They host Cleveland. Win. So that gets them to seven. And they go to Atlanta. Win. There you go. So they're, not, they're not going to sweep the Falcons. They go to so you're but Dave, you're saying they're getting to eight, seven, one. So you say you say the Saints need to win nine to win the South. Yes, yes, yes. I I I don't see it because and I think Andrew will agree with me. When you are a team that gives up over five yards a carry, when you play teams, yeah, like, that's not going to work against Cleveland. That's not going to work against Cleveland. Minnesota, the guy had three touchdowns against Washington. That's not going to work against Minnesota. Um, Atlanta could be dicey one of those games, and it's not going to work against. And Tampa has Bobby Rainey. He ran for 100 yards yesterday. I, I just think asking Carolina to do better than five and two, that like that's the absolute ceiling. I'm going to say the magic number to win the South is – Nine, but if you told me the Saints would win eight, I'd still expect to be going to a playoff game. Yeah, I'm sticking <sighs> with eight. I'm sti- I'm sticking with eight, man. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. But well, they, well, look at it this way, Dave. If they lose to Philly, that makes them three, six, and one. That means they've got to go five and one the rest of the way. They've got an easy schedule to do it. Yeah, but they're ter- I don't know. They're we'll see. We'll see. I think you got I, when you have no defense and no offensive line. That's a, that's a bad recipe for going five and one. Yeah, 
<laughs> like, you know, and, and the thing is, like, Cleveland's Cleveland. I don't think Cleveland is great, but they're going to kind of they'll probably be in the playoff race that second to last week, you know, where they're still fighting for something. So we'll see. But but we obviously disagree. Dave thinks it's going to take nine. Me and Andrew take eight. But Dave may be changing his tune next week when Sanchez has four touchdowns and we're doing a podcast next week. <laughs> I cannot believe that you guys are relying on Sanchez. No, I'm just, that's I just, how I, that's how I know you guys are Looney Tunes. Well, no, I just think, I just don't think Carolina's any good. I mean, you know, if they were going to million people in New York who are laughing at you right but now. But the, the thing is like Dave, if Carolina was ever going to play a good game, it would have been Thursday and they just, don't Off have a short in. week, not necessarily. Andrew, is is that am I being crazy? Like if I mean, I just feel like they were in the dumps and on a short week they had the Saints coming into town. The Saints played Sunday night, so it was even an even shorter week on them, and they had to go on the road. I mean, I, I just feel like you you were saying it all week, Ralph, that the Saints were going to get Carolina's best shot, and they just don't have like they don't no. they're like like they're not capable. Like like sometimes. A team that you think is good is just they're not like we were worried about the Saints. Remember when they were one and when they when they were one and three because they they barely beat Tampa at home and we're like oh they just they're, maybe they're not just they're just not capable of being. And this is a really this is a anymore. dose of reality for Cam Newton, who I have always thought is an overrated quarterback that doesn't have what it takes to consistently win games and. He was bailed out a lot last year. Now, he did make some plays in, in the two-minute offense in multiple games to help them win down the stretch. But the running game and the defense are what kept Carolina in so many of those low-scoring games and gave them a chance to win late. But I just think the running game hasn't been as good this year. Defensively, they're a mess. And so now we're seeing that Cam Newton actually is a pretty mediocre quarterback. Yeah, he's he... – in fantasy focus for ESPN, they said it's okay to drop him because if you're in a 10-team league, he's not worth starting. So, but Andrew, before we get to Twitter questions, we have a ton of them. Is there a more hateable NFL coach than Jim Harbaugh? I feel like there's not. Even Mike Smith, like I don't hate him. I just laugh at him. But Jim Harbaugh, I hate that guy. You know, I, I'd put Pete Carroll in there, um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I think Pete Carroll's just more annoying, <laughs> whereas, whereas I, I think you could argue Harbaugh is grading. Um, Dave? Yeah, yeah. Do you, I, is there a there. more hateable coach for you than Jim Harbaugh? Um, Carroll, Pete Carroll. Yeah, I I mean, Jim Harbaugh. I don't think he's more hateable than Harbaugh, though. No, I, I, they're, I think they're I hate equally Harbaugh. hateable. I think I hate like who's got it better than us and and his whining of officials and his tantrum. Like, I think I I hate like like during well, you the might game, be you might be seeing more of him if Atlanta hires him. Oh my God! The only the only coach I think I hate more than Harbaugh is Saban. <laughs> but uh, well, you get to see your two. Favorite oh coaches this weekend. Is, I, I so want Saban to just start yelling at This me. weekend has the potential for a lot of pain. It does, but it also has a potential. Coach hate week. It's, it also has a potential for a lot of drinking and a lot of good time. A lot of fun. Yes, it does. I got the, I got the, I got the last six-pack of strawberry 
Covington Strawberry Ale, and I'm just going to pound that during the LSU game. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm Monday, I'm afraid of Monday. I don't know what next Monday is going to bring. <laughs> I, I, my dream, Andrew, is LSU plays the best game they've played in five years and totally destroys Alabama. The Saints win, and then I can take a personal day on Monday and listen to Fine Bomb. And just, just walk around in your boxers all no, day? No, I'll just I'll pour a bath. I'll open a bottle of wine. <laughs> and, I'll just, and I'll just soak in Fine Bomb for four hours of all their insane callers. Paul! Paul, they got a fire saving! He's getting beat by that lunatic. Uh, but yeah, I like, because I've only got to enjoy the Fine Bomb experience one time in 2011. I, I didn't, I didn't discover Fine Bomb till till 2011. So I haven't got to enjoy that experience of LSU beating Alabama and getting that. But um. Let's get to some Twitter questions. Andrew, oh, we're going to talk about all the people that hate you and Juge? Yeah, well, it is mostly Juge. <laughs> uh, okay, awesome. So, okay, awesome. And angry Houdat and Breezes. They want to know why you block them, Andrew. <laughs> We've already been for this, man. I know. <laughs> do, do we have to keep talking about this? No, I, it's just, it's just fun. I just like to, I just like to needle you. But um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, this is from John Kappel. Uh, if LSU and the Saints win this weekend, which of you will have the highest blood alcohol content by 4 p.m. Sunday? I don't really have a horse in the race as far as LSU's Alabama concerns, so it won't be me. Um, it would. I, I would. I, w- I would go with Ralph just because. Now I have two kids, and I, I think my yeah. my uh, my commitment to drinking is really tapered off. Especially after the second kid. I mean, so, I'll be drinking. Uh, but Ralph is going strong. I'll go strong. The thing is, though, like, it depends how that Saints game goes. Like, if the Saints, if they play horrible against San Francisco and they're losing, I'm drinking more. But if they're winning and they're up, like, 27-10 in the third, you know, in the third quarter or the fourth quarter, like, I'll ease off. So I might not be that drunk Sunday in celebratory mood because I don't feel like this Saints game is like a do or die. I mean, you want them to win, and it's bad to lose that home game, obviously, but it's not like do or die. Like if they lose, it isn't like, oh, my God, the season's over. Like, yeah, but I feel like, uh, you know, I'm always down for sucking down some briskies during the game. Yeah, I but, do. Uh, but but, but I feel but I feel like you, Ralph, you're like mixing hard liquor, beer. Yeah, like that Detroit yeah. game, I was just – pounding the hard liquor the last four minutes like i was just i just had the bottle of crown and i just finished it all like literally i'm out of crown like i just finished off the bottle and i was just like, i can't believe this happened well um, so so like i said my money's on ralph my money's on me uh what's in what's in worse shape my blood or your liver Ooh, that's a good question <laughs> i would say probably my liver because i took accutane to clear up my horrible pizza face when i was in college and that shit just wears out your liver Really? Yeah. Like they, you, you, you have to take like a blood test every month to make really? sure that your liver is still functioning. Yeah. <laughs> but the things you got to do for clear skin, Dave. So, all right. Make sure, you, make sure you stay away from that Tylenol, Ralphie. <laughs> this is from Alley of Sin. Uh, if LSU and the Saints win this weekend. Which oh she asked the same question too. That's the same repeated. Uh, is Ralph's gambling in any way responsible for the Saints' recent recent success? If so, will you teach me your ways? Um, you vote bet against against the Saints. 
Well, <laughs> I, I, my picking, and I mentioned this in my column for Channel 4, I have not picked the Saints game correct as far as a straight-up winner in the Saints game since the Minnesota game. And I'm 1-7 in picking the winner in the Saints game. I'm 4-4 four and four against the spread, though. Um, so you're picking the Niners straight up, right? No, it's going to disappear. No, 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 you have to. <laughs> I don't, I'm not, I'm not reverse Notre Dame. I, uh, I don't have power. Uh, uh, Notre Dame. No. Uh, <laughs> Dave, Dave, which Harbaugh brother would give a more gratifying sore loser face after tanking to the Saints in the Dome? Oh, Jim, I don't, I don't really have, you know, any, any hate for John Harbaugh. He seems like the cool, calm. What? Collected what, what brother. Are you, what have you ever watched Baltimore play? Yes, I went to down. the Super Bowl when they down quite a lot played each other. He, but, but 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 when you compare him to his brother, yeah, there's no comparison. Come on. Yeah, I mean Jim is he's like he, my my kid today at dinner has less tantrums than than Jim Harbaugh. I mean he's throwing <laughs> his headphones. He's his, yeah. I mean, I mean he's that like was pretty awesome against the Rams. He's partially taken his shirt off. You know he's like keeps lifting at his shirt all the time. He looked like yeah. a four against the Rams. He looked like a four year old that you just told him Santa doesn't exist. Oh and, my! And he when just, he fumbled he, the snap, he looks absolutely ridiculous. I mean any coach, even his brother John, pales in comparison to him. So you know Jim Harbaugh. You know, getting the best of Jim Harbaugh is is always is always the best. Andrew, the gear fondler, I like that handle. Uh, <laughs> how great is it that the national media does not acknowledge that the Saints are becoming legitimate contenders again? I love it. I mean, I I really I I never really wanted the media awareness and you know just them talking about the Saints anyway. So I kind of like this better. You know, yeah. four and four under the radar in first place, but and the, the media NFC has South a hard blows. time thinking that they're wrong. Like when they thought the Saints were going to the Super Bowl and they turned against them when they were one and three. Like the media has a hard time admitting that they were wrong a couple of times during the year. Yeah, I agree. No, this is great, man. Under the radar, this is exactly what we're going for. So. Adam Foshe asks, Ralph, does it hurt to lose to a fantasy football team whose quarterback had minus three? Yes, I'd want to kill myself. I had Philip Rivers in one league, and I won that league amazingly. And I played Adam in the podcast league, and I lost by like three points. If I would have started Roethlisberger instead of Brady, I would have won. Wait, so who did actually, he start actually, at quarterback? He started Philip Rivers. He started Rivers. Rivers and beat you? Yes, he started Philip Rivers and beat me. Wow, you're an embarrassment. I am an embarrassment. Parents. My team, my team, it was bad, and then I traded like i it was on draft day i drove it off the road into the ditch but i but my trades have set it on fire <laughs> but i did it i did it for the saints i had to get drew Brees off my team i was ruining his season um well can you pull it out of the ditch and roll it down the cliff i, I mean, can can you go bigger i could i had the guy who's one in seven in our league uh fanboy elitist he offered He's one in seven. He offered to swap entire teams. Well, you should. Oh, you should do it. That's great. Um, you make so, that trade. It is. It is true. You guys aren't even taking it seriously, obviously. Well, it was just like, you know, everybody pitched in like twenty bucks, I think, and like ten of it went. To, the winner gets eighty bucks. Second place gets twenty. It's not like. Uh, it's not like it's. Uh, it's not it's like what? it's. 
It's not like it's 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 not like it's a five million dollar um, fantasy league, you know. Um, those those exist. <laughs> they probably well. I had a guy at, at, at when I worked at 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 a at an oil publishing company. They had like all these big wig VPs, and they had a fantasy league that was a thousand dollars to join. It was an auction league. They had their oh own auction year, and you couldn't be in any other fantasy leagues if you were in their league. Wow. <laughs> and what did the winner walk away with? Do you know? Well, it was a thousand dollars a person. It was a ten team league. I think. The, I think. I think. You got nine grand, and the second place guy got the money, got your money back. Not bad, not um, bad at all. Uh, this is from Dylan and uh, Dave. Would potentially knocking the 49ers out of the NFC Wild Card race with a win be good, good enough revenge for 2011? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, the, the only, yeah, the only revenge good enough would be doing something equal or better to the Niners. We we, we would need to knock them out at home. Yeah, we would need to knock them out of of the division round or or the NFC Championship or something like that. Uh, no. Now that that doesn't mean that Harbaugh's tears aren't going to taste delicious if we beat no. them by forty. No, and they need like oh, no, I want to bathe them. If they go to four and five, they've still got to go to Arizona and they've got Seattle twice. So it becomes really hard for them to get to ten wins because they're not in a garbage bin of a division like the Saints. So they're kind of like in do or die mode this week, uh, but uh, Andrew, you want to talk about teams that don't get enough, enough respect? The Cardinals, uh, yeah, get less respect than the Saints, I would say. Well, yeah, they're in Arizona, and Carson Palmer is their quarterback, and their coach. <laughs> Hard their, to take that seriously. And their coach wears a red golf cap after games. Um, let's see. Uh, there was a question from. Uh, Moose denied that I wanted to get to that I need to. He was tweeting he off a million of those this morning. Yeah, he had yeah. several. My phone was blowing up at ten. He was when I got cranking them out. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, do, do, do. He will. I I remember one is he wanted to know if he could get a Sean Orlean shirt to replace his his angry Houdat. I mean his uh unknown Houdat shirt. Yeah, I don't know. You'll have to. We gotta make that happen. I can make him one. <laughs> what does the Sean Orlean shirt look like? It's Kevin looking at Tinder on his iPhone. <laughs> Swipe left. Swipe left. <laughs> um, God, I can't find it. Uh, what is wrong with you? Do you know how Twitter works? I know how Twitter works. Um, I, I'm I'm not convinced he does. I'm not. He asked a question about how um, how much fun is it going to be to watch Atlanta play Tampa in that shit show of a game. I'm rooting for Tampa. <laughs> if if Atlanta, after dropping 56 on Tampa at home, if they lose to Tampa, like like Mike Smith, he's he's got to go, right? I mean, like like oh, Arthur I think Blank. he's already. Didn't Arthur Blank come out and say that he's they're going to be looking at a yeah. At a top level coach for next season? Uh yeah, I mean well the the rumor is like Arthur Blank is uh just like completely filled with rage. He's sick hey, of I, I, I found Ralph's uh, I mean Wang's questions. Do you want me to read these? Yeah, read them. Alright. Um let's see. The first one is 
How fun is it going to be to see the Falcons strike out on Gruden, Cower, Saban before settling it. on Kiffin? <laughs> that was see, the he one. didn't mention Harbaugh. You that throw was Harbaugh the one. Um, Harbaugh is going to be available next this year. There's nothing like that would be the funniest thing. Like if they would offer Gruden like everything, like total power, like twelve million dollars a year, and he would go back to Monday Night Football. But. I don't want Gruden. I, you know, I, I want Gruden for the Saints whenever Peyton decides to retire. I want Gruden to stay, to stay, to stay, stay in the broadcasting biz until uh, until the Saints need him. Thing is with Gruden though, is he he like cycles through quarterbacks endlessly. Like he had Rich Gannon, but he would the Tampa. He had like Brad Johnson and Garcia and Greasy. Like he he can't settle on a quarterback. He gets itchy. Oh, so what's the next one, Andrew? Uh, also from Wang, is Sunday's Falcons-Bucks game going to be the most gloriously funny thing we see all season? <laughs> it might be. What time do they play? They play at noon. Oh, well, I'm not going to get to watch it. Yeah, but you can, you could, you could, you could peek on the red zone. Um, that the Atlanta that game's a pick 'em, and Atlanta dropped 56 on Tampa in Week Three. Hmm. Where is it? Is it in Tampa? It's in Tampa. Uh, I don't know who's going to win. I, I want to see Tampa Bay win. I think Tampa's going to win. I think It'd be t- awesome. Tampa's, Tampa's due to win. Um, it, Andrew, you said a little while ago that you thought Atlanta might not win another game. You, you still believe that? <laughs> I meant that in jest mostly. I, I think Atlanta will win another game. It, it might very well be this weekend. Tampa has got awful. <laughs> Next question. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is another one from Wang. Uh, do you think Mark Sanchez would be the best quarterback on the Jets roster right now? <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. His other question was, what are the odds that Harbaugh has a whole different kind of have a great day moment Sunday morning? <laughs> I don't get that uh, I All right, here's a, here's a good one. That's no, the last miles thing that he would go to Michigan. Right. Um, I don't know. I, Jim Harbaugh's not going back to college, but it'd be funny as hell. Uh, no lemonade asks, what is your recommended hair of the dog drink to revive Saints fans who are still hungover from LSU Bama? Bloody Mary or Jim Beam honey in a Starbucks vanilla latte. What the hell? If you want to kind of like ease into your Saints game and you need to recover from the LSU and you want to keep drinking, you just you just pour a little something sweet in your coffee. Dave, you never well, did just, that? I, no, I I don't drink coffee and I certainly wouldn't put booze in my coffee. Oh. I say just a shot of Fireball. Extra antifreeze. <laughs> just go hardcore, Andrew. Extra, extra antifreeze. <laughs> uh, I don't really drink until the game starts. Well, I guess I no. Uh, I mean, I'm just, I just drink beer these days, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I try to like stay away from liquor. Dr. Pepper to kickstart it. Ooh. No, I mean, if you're talking about drinking in the morning, it's definitely got to be a Bloody Mary or a, uh, nah, I was going to say a mimosa, but man, champagne, that shit, 
That shit ruins you. Yeah, I mean that's that sounds like a bad call. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad call. All right, any more questions, Andrew? Yeah, I got a bunch. Uh, Super Saiyan Stan had a few. He asked me, "How does it feel to be wrong?" Yes, I admit that he was correct about the Panthers, and I was incorrect about how that game played out, and I'm glad. Um, but uh, but yeah, are, nonetheless, you people you got, are you emailing it. me quoting my Dallas the the column after the Dallas game, saying how I said that the Saints were done and that they were only going to be a seven or eight win team and that the Sean Payton era was over. But you know what, people? At the time, Dallas had a history of being an eight and eight train wreck. And we they, didn't they know. They still might be. They still might be. The first seven weeks, they were the best team in the NFL. And all these people criticizing you, you people, you're desperate for me not to pick the Saints to win, yet you mock my picks. <laughs> um, Super Saiyan Saint asks, if Mark Ingram goes for 100 again, what kind of shirt will Dave make? Dave? <laughs> oh, I, I don't know if he's going to go for 100 for a third straight game, so I, I don't know if I really have to worry about this, but... Um... You know what? <laughs> you know what I would love to do. I don't know if you guys remember this or even saw this after he after Ingram was drafted and we still had Mountain Exile on the blog and he photoshopped this picture of Ingram in front of this British crowd. I, I think it was for the Beatles and they're all like having being held back by British yeah. Bobby police officers and. You know, there's like a handwritten note in the corner that I forget what it says, but uh, I always thought that was great. I would put that on a shirt. That's what I would put on a shirt. If Ingram runs for like 70 yards, that'll put him at 500 roughly with seven games left. And I think 1,000 yards becomes in play, especially if Pierre Thomas and Robinson are out for a little bit longer. Disagree? Agree or not? Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, what, what, what's up with Thomas and Robinson? When, when, what's their deal? I don't know. We'll have to. Yeah. I've heard Robinson's probably going to be good to go this week. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything about Pure Thomas. Uh, next question, Andrew. Uh, did Did you read the one from Hedgery yet? Which one was that? Uh, he asked uh, which non-division game is most important to win. No, I didn't have that one yet. Uh, okay, yeah, he, he he just wanted to wanted us to weigh in on which non-division game remaining is the most important. I would I would um well, I think you know the AFC games just by virtue of tie-breaking possibilities and playoffs and everything are just less valuable. Um, now I don't think the Saints are really playing for a wild card this year. I mean it, they either have to win the division, yeah. or um or they're not getting in. But uh, that being said, I still think. You know, if 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 they're tied, if they you know if they split with Carolina or they split with Atlanta and they're tied for the division lead, and they're tied um, in the division, you know the NFC games w- would become next in importance. I'm gonna say the um, most. So I, San Francisco, I would say at Bears could be an interesting one. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say um, that's a tough one. I'm gonna say this is gonna be an odd choice. I'm gonna say Cincinnati. Because that's an AFC team. Oh, it has to be NFC. Well, it doesn't have to be, but no. I'm just saying for tie-breaking purposes, there well, N- NFC here's, games are worth more. Here, here's my reasoning. Here's my reasoning: is that 
like you said, the tiebreakers, that doesn't matter. The Saints are either winning the South or they're not going to the playoffs. So the tiebreakers in the NFC don't really matter. And the, the tie that Carolina has makes the tiebreakers almost irrelevant. I'm going to say Cincinnati because if the, they beat the 49ers and Carolina loses on Monday, you beat Cincinnati and then the Saints are 6-4 and four and Carolina will be 3-6-1. and one. And for all intents and purposes, that division is locked the fuck up. So I'm going to say Cincinnati, Dave. I would say, who else do they play in the NFC? They play that's Chicago. That's non-division. Chicago, that's it, huh? I, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, it's going to be either between the Niners and Chicago. And I would almost go with the Niners um, this week. just Because it's this week. Well, just but I mean, just to keep the momentum rolling, yeah. um, you know, just and just to keep that going. I, I mean, Cincinnati is another home game. I, I mean, they, I, they, if I'd really like to see them win all three of these home games. The one against Baltimore is a primetime game, and we know how good the Saints are in primetime at home. So I, I kind of, I, when it comes to primetime home games for the Saints, I, I kind of feel like it doesn't matter who they play; they could play the best team in the league it doesn't matter if you're in the dome at night you're you're gonna lose here's a here's a fun question so i'd go to the niners uh oh the next three weeks if i was gonna book a plane ticket for the opening week of the playoffs <laughs> and buy it early so i can get it cheap and you were me what would the saints have to do the next three weeks to make you feel reasonably comfortable that it's okay to buy a plane ticket. They'd today. have to win all three games. They would have to win all Andrew, three games. Andrew? Oh, well, they if, they, if they win all three games, I, I would say the playoffs are a lock. I mean, if they're sitting at seven and four, I just can't imagine any of the other teams would, would have done enough to, to not for the Saints not to have a comfortable well, lead. Um, so I, I'd say if they win all three, it's a lot. I'd say, honestly, if they go two and one in these next three, um, I mean, your question was, what do they need to do for me to feel reasonably confident? Yeah, I like think, you would I buy think... a like you would buy a Southwest plane ticket. Um, so if they if you say two and one, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm feeling pretty confident. Yeah, I think at three and zero, oh, I mean, it's in the bag. I would yeah. I would think. Well, if they go two and one, and Carolina would go like one and two, that would make the Saints six and five, and Carolina would be what four would be four seven and one. Yeah. So that would, or no, they'd be they'd be four, yeah, four seven and one. So that that'd be pretty atrocious by them. So, okay, you we're, guys, you guys sound pretty darn confident that the Saints are going to win the division. I am. Like I'm. I'm. It, it's <laughs> oh, I'm not going to go that far. I mean, I, no, no. I, I think these, else. Dave. I really think these next three games are huge. I think we're going to find out a lot about what, yeah. what these Saints are all about. I mean, we're still hanging on to that hope of. They don't lose at home yeah. until proven otherwise. And, you know, obviously beating the Packers was big because I think we all felt like that was a team that could potentially come in and, and wreck the Saints and ruin that whole that whole yeah. streak. And so that's the big question. I mean, these are three tough teams, the 49ers, the Bengals, the Ravens. These are these are not gimme games. And, um, you know, so I, I'm kind of waiting to see how the this three game stretch yeah. plays out. Dave, if they stay three, and zero, if they win all three of those games and they, they kind of maintain that, yeah, we don't get beat at home, then then I think the division's done. 
TJ Hilton just scored a touchdown, Andrew. T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. T.Y. Um, Dave, I'm, I'm confident that the Saints— You can't are... even say—you can't even pronounce the guy's name right when it's just two fucking initials. I know. I... <laughs> but, Dave, it's cons- I'm consistent. Christ. I'm consistent. I'm consistent, Dave. That's you. You call it atrocious. I call it consistency. I just, I just make up letters. I just, it's not even mispronouncing. I just make up letters now. You know, Bobby Joe Hilton. Uh, No, I just think the Saints are going to win the South, Dave, because I just think Carolina is. They're a six or seven win team, max. That's okay. like that is my confidence with the Saints. Like if the if the Saints go two and one after these three play these three games here, I'm booking a playoff ticket, a, a flight. Like <laughs> okay. that's in, unless Carolina does something that I don't expect. But then again, I've been wrong about everything for the NFL year, so take that for what it's worth. Uh, Andrew, maybe give you us- should look into taking the train. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Andrew, before we get to the 49ers, do you have any other games? Do you have any questions? Uh, no, I think that was it. Okay. All right, 49ers game. Andrew, 49ers, they're still number one in, y- in if you go by yards for defense. They're number one against the run. Uh, right, number but, two overall, right? Num- number two overall. But the interesting with them is they give up almost 24 points a game. And the thing that's And surprised- they got beat by the Rams. Yeah, and they got beat by the Rams. Uh but the thing that surprised me most of all the stats was they give up almost 47% or just over 47% completions on third down, which is seven spots lower than the Saints. So that really surprised me. So, Dave, as you look at this game, what are your sort of keys to the Saints winning? And give me a score and give me a MVP. Well, uh, you know, I mean, I just I, the Niners are not the same team that they were last year, or two years ago. Um, I, I would assume that there's got to be some issues in the intention in the locker room when you have a coach who says it doesn't even matter if we're winning the Super Bowl this year. I'm not coming back. <laughs> I mean, I, I just I just don't understand how how players can get behind and buy into to to what Harbaugh is 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 selling. Um, did you guys did you guys see that report case. that Steve Young came out and said that he was in the locker room after that loss and the team just looked like a bunch of they they were just completely broken? Yeah, and I didn't read that, but I mean it's, it, it doesn't surprise me. I mean I just I that I mean the Niners are a pretty talented team, but but they're four and four, and I mean they're they're kind of like the Saints in that way where they're just not playing at the level that they probably should be playing at, and and I think a lot of that has yeah. to do with with the chemistry and the coaching and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I mean, as far as X's and O's stuff, um, you know, they're going to be prepared. I, I don't think you're going to see, I don't think you're going to see 30, 30 rushes for Ingram this time around. Um, the saints are pretty familiar with the Niners. And of course that works both ways, but um, these teams have played each other quite a bit in the last few years. Um, so, you know, I, I think you might see a little bit more of the normal, what I would say, quote unquote, normal Saints offense, which is a little bit more passing uh, than we've seen the last couple of games. And, um, you know, it's at home, so the Saints are going to have an advantage. And uh, I, I think they can, like I said, the Niners just lost to St. Louis, so 
Um, it, they're they're definitely beatable. And they were and, a mess. Like they were a mess against. The, I mean, their defense was still really good, but St. Louis's offense doesn't really scare anybody. But their offensive. I mean, and Colin Kaepernick is mobile, and he was getting pounded. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the the Saints defense is gonna they're gonna need to play well. They're gonna need to play as good as they did against Carolina because because I'm not expecting Drew Brees and I'm not expecting this offense to put up a whole ton of points against this defense. So it's definitely gonna be on on the Saints defense to keep the score low and to keep the Niners uh, you know away from the end zone so that uh, whatever whatever points the offense are able to score uh, is going to be good enough. Is going to be more than than the Niners get. So, but you know, I, I think it's a win, and uh, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with 17-13 Saints. And oh, low uh, scoring. Yeah, yeah, I think that's how it's going to be. And um, player of the game, I'm uh, his cat's in heat again. Uh, player of the game, <laughs> I am going to go with Kenny Stills. Oh, interesting. Andrew, your prediction. I think we're going to see a game similar to the Carolina game. Um, now, obviously, Carolina is on paper not as good as the 49ers at stopping the run, but um, it was tough sledding for the Saints in that game. Um, I think the Saints. So I think the Saints will struggle to run the ball. I think um, they may be able to hit some plays over the top, uh, but they'll have to grind it out a little bit. Maybe get something out of the short passing game. Um, and I think on offense, the 49ers. I, I think it's going to be a mirror game again, like I said to this Carolina thing, because you've got a mobile quarterback that can hurt you with his legs. Uh, offense whose offensive line is banged up, not playing that well, uh, lacking in confidence. So you know, coming off a rough loss. So I, I just think it, it could be similar in a lot of ways. I just think the Niners are a better team. So maybe they take it a little bit deeper into, into the fourth quarter and, and keep it close. But um, I'm going to say, and I was talking to, I've got to give some credit. I mean, this, I was talking to this uh, about this with Ramon Vargas today. And that was, we kind of agreed that was his opinion as well. But um, I'm, uh, I'm going to say uh, Saints win this game. Uh, I'm not going to say it's quite as low scoring as Dave, but I'm going to say 24-20. And uh, MVP, I'm going to go with uh, Traveris Cadet, who makes numerous catches out of the backfield. uh, Big third down conversion plays. I am going to say, and this is going to break a lot of hearts, uh, Saints 27-16. I think... Wait, they lose? The Saints are going to win, and people hate me to pick the Saints. Oh, right, right. Yeah. So I'm going to say Saints 27 to 16, and I think he heated up against Carolina, and he is about to go on a tear these next three home games, and that would be Junior Collette, a.k.a. Sackman, a.k.a. Body Bag. Hashtag. Uh I think he's going the to... The hashtag comes before the body bag. Yeah, I know. I'm terrible. I'm a terrible host. I'm going to say he's going to get three sacks and force a fumble again and get really... He's going to he's gonna be well on his way to getting his 12 sacks and bumping up his contract by, I think, like $6 million. So that's my, that's my prediction. 
So we're all in agreement here that the Saints yeah. win. That that can't bode well. No, that can't bode well. I also think LSU is going to win because Leonard Fournette's going to go batshit insane and give Vern Lundquist a heart attack. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to pick Alabama in that <laughs> one, and I, I really want LSU to win. I hate Nick Saban. I'm a big LSU fan, but I mean, I just I have a hard time seeing this LSU team winning. I hope I'm wrong. So you can go to Saints Nation. Andrew has his grades, which are always fun and like a thousand times better than Pro Football Focus. Like they, they're like I don't even think I think they just throw shit at the wall now. I can't believe I paid for that service. I'm 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 embarrassed. You meet Meacham is the best receiver on the Saints. I don't, I don't, just, no, just, no, 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 no. <laughs> and, and Patrick no. Robinson is better than Keenan. Lewis. No, it's just it's 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 embarrassing. It's, it's embarrassing. <laughs> That's not true, is it? Yeah, it, it is. Really, uh, Pro Football Focus says that Patrick Robinson is better than Keenan Lewis. It's, Are no, you no. shitting me? No, no, it's true. It's true, and it's 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 terrible. Um, so go there. Andrew has grades that you can trust, and Dave Canal Street Chronicles. He's got the open thread. He's got all kinds of. They have all kinds of fun stuff there, polls and comments. I like to go when the Saints are either rolling or when they're struggling. The comments get just kind of nutso on Game Street. Street Chronicle has polls. <laughs> and Ke- Robinson is the best cornerback? Yeah, and Kevin is on a date at a Mexican restaurant uh, as he continues the bang anything with a pulse in St. Louis tour. So, for Dave, for Andrew, I'm Ralph. Remember to donate. We need your money. We need to pay the maintenance cost for 2014 slash 2015. Donate what you can, even 25 cents. For all the guys, I'm Ralph Marlboro. Until next week, be safe. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. 
Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.